I'm Jane Hilsden, marketing consultant and founder of Dragonfly Marketing. Welcome to this episode of the How To Do Marketing Show, a no-nonsense podcast about marketing for small business. It's our mission at Dragonfly Marketing to put marketing on the agenda for every regionally based small business in Australia. Why? Because we know that when marketing is done properly, it can help your business grow. We believe small businesses are the backbone of our nation. When your business grows, it benefits not only you and your family, it benefits your whole community. Small businesses create a vibrant and connected economy. We employ local people, we donate to local charities, and we work together to build resilient and thriving regional communities. The How To Do Marketing Show is a podcast just for you and your small business. Bursting with marketing insight and information, this show will be a fabulous resource to help you know all there is to know about the topic of marketing for small business. Now, before I introduce my next guest, I wanted to ask you something. Do you want to find out how you can create high impact marketing campaigns on a small budget? Because if you do, I think I have something that may help you. Something that we are immensely proud of at Dragonfly Marketing is the fact that we have won the Small Budget Marketing Award at the Australian Marketing Institute Awards for Excellence three times. (laughs) And we've done this by creating super smart and creative marketing campaigns that have achieved amazing results on a super tight budget. This is what we specialize in. It's our superpower. But this doesn't come from just winging it. It comes from years of experience creating marketing campaigns for small businesses. We've got a formula, we know exactly what works, and now we want to share this information with you. Now, if you think this is something you'd like to get your hands on, head to dragonflymarketing.com.au slash high impact small budget and sign up to receive our e-guide. 10 Steps to Creating High Impact Marketing on a Small Budget. And now to introduce this episode's guest. Okay, so I have been trying to find a TikTok expert to interview for the longest time. This is partly selfish as I really wanted to find someone that could explain it from a business and marketing perspective so that I can get my head around it, you know, really for for the work that we do. I just wanted to. I just wanted someone to give me like a, a synopsis um, and do all the hard work for me. Basically, um, I always love finding out about new marketing channels and how people are using them to connect and communicate. But with TikTok, I've got to say, when I've got my mum hat on, I hold a bit of resentment because it occupies so much of my kids' time and it seems to be so damn addictive. But when I switch to my marketer's hat, I'm really curious to see how this platform works um, from an engagement point of view, because it is quite different from the other social media channels. So I was so thrilled when I came across Anna Cloth. Anna is a digital marketing and branding wizard for small businesses who rely on organic growth marketing. And she's a TikTok whiz. Honestly, she is like the wiki for TikTok. She has so many facts and figures and knows so intimately how the platform works. I was so fascinated listening to her and I learned so much about the platform and how businesses and brands are incorporating this channel into their communications. So without any further ado, let's hear from Anna. Hello and welcome to the How To Do Marketing Show, Anna. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited for you to be here too. And I'm really appreciative that you're coming to us all the way from California. Um, I'm pleased to know that it is only two o'clock in the afternoon and that we haven't got you up at some ungodly hour. I'm used to it. I'm used to meetings all over the world. So yeah, this actually feels pretty normal, surprisingly. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. Fantastic. Okay, so to, to kick off our conversation, I um, ask all of my guests the same question, and it kind of relates to why you do what you do. So for you, Anna, what is it that you love about working in the social media space? 
Absolutely. I love marketing in general, actually, um, because I come from a sociology background and I'm just interested in people and what drives people. Um, and I really think that especially social media marketing, but any form of marketing, really, uh, being good at marketing is about really finding the kernel of what drives people and what matters to people. And that just kind of falls into that sociology, psychology background I have. Um, I think it's fascinating how people react in large groups. That's that sociology side of me. I think it's fascinating to really drive down into your ideal client and how to speak to one person. So for me, that's really where my passion, my love of people and my interest in and why they do what they do. That's where all that comes from. Yeah, yeah. And nowhere, I think, is that more present, particularly in marketing than social media. You know, this is, it. it yes, marketing, you know, it has all the elements of, of marketing, but I think layered with that social side and the ability to kind of build relationships, but also see how people react, you know, because I'm like you, I love to kind of really get inside of people's heads and see what kind of drives them and what turns them off. And it's fascinating because sometimes the stuff that you don't expect will kind of cause a reaction, causes this huge reaction um, and, and vice versa. And I think on social, it's, it, that's where you can see all of this in real time happening. So yeah, I agree. And, and you've got some really great experience with all of the, the social media channels. But today I'd really love to chat to you about TikTok because it's amazing. I, I have not been able to find many people. I've searched far and wide and I've, I've had to go all the way to California to track someone down that could actually give us some insight on TikTok because there's many, I think there's a lot of my listeners who are just still trying to understand how to use this platform. I think a lot of them are actually trying to understand why you would use these, this platform. You know, I myself, I've got teenage kids um, and they're like all over TikTok. Like they use it all the time to the point where it actually I've got this kind of negative taint on TikTok because I'm like, it's, you know, why? What do you, what do you even do? It's such a time waster. But can you just give us a rundown on what TikTok is all about and how it kind of differs from the, the other social media platforms? Yeah, absolutely. Um, TikTok is to video as what Instagram was to photos. Um, Instagram came out and really, you know, they didn't just ask you to post a photo, but they said, do you want to make that photo look better? Right. They added those filters and that was really like, a huge part of that platform. And TikTok does the exact same thing with video creation and video content. So it's got all of these different um, tools that you can use that are inherent to the platform. And it basically removes that barrier to entry of becoming a, you know, a video producer. Mm. Um, you know, think about the people who were creating videos before, you know, smartphones have brought in, but even when smartphones were here, we just had photos. We weren't really thinking video. And now TikTok has really turned, uh, this into like kind of the next step. It's a natural progression really from Instagram. And it makes sense why the younger generation is more uh, involved in it. Um, I would say one of the most important things about TikTok is that um, you've got all of these younger people on it. Uh, so it, it has its own culture, um, which is a bit off-putting for a lot of older people. Um, <laughs> my, I teach... I teach about TikTok, speak about around the world, and my fiance refuses to download TikTok. I'm like, Come on. <laughs> um, but it's also different because it's one of the few platforms that's not really as social. So it's a is a social media. We do in we do in interact with other people, but it's more about consuming content. And really the algorithm puts it into a different world because that algorithm is brilliant. It can dial into exactly what you want. So any person who's been on TikTok for a while is going to have a completely different feed and it's going to work and to deliver exactly what you want to see. It puts different metrics and different weights on like rewatching rates rather than likes and comments. Um, so because of that, it's really showing you what you want to see even if you don't like actually think that's what you want to see. Wow. Interesting. So two things that I took away from that one that 
it's not that that social media as 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 I guess the other kind of platforms are, where it's more about that kind of interaction, you know, conversation, interacting with it with each other, um, or kind of liking each other's contents and getting that that validation. It's more about the kind of entertainment side of things and being entertained and and as you mentioned kind of the way that you're interacting with content you're creating your news feed of 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 what will come through really really interesting that their metrics are based around re-watching because now you've said that I think I reflect on my kids habits they do. They sit there and rewatch and rewatch. And I guess too, because a lot of the time they're watching those dancing videos or they're trying to kind of recreate some of the entertaining, um, you know, stuff that they do. So they probably have to sit there and rewatch it, rewatch it, and practice and rewatch it. And that's, I guess, what kind of propels that kind of content to the top of people's feeds. Is that right? Exactly. It automatically starts in a loop, so it, it wants you to continue. You don't. It doesn't move to the next video until you swipe. It doesn't just like finish the video and then move on. Ah. And because of that, you know, it does it continue. So you'll see like some hacks on TikTok where you can't tell that it started the loop, and that kind of increases that rewatch rate. So so they really look at completion rate of a video and how many times somebody's rewatched it. And that's kind of like the, you know, the algorithm hack that a lot of people are trying to use when they grow. Interesting. Wow. Okay. So, so it's video. Is there any static stuff that goes to TikTok or is it everything is dynamic? Everything is video. Um, you can upload like photos, but generally they'll make them a, a slideshow. Um, people are yeah. not using, like if you're using not static like on, on, it's not native to the platform. It's like airing right. a radio ad on TV. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so we've mentioned that, you know, obviously a lot of teenagers are using this. It's really geared to kind of their, their, their brain and their way of thinking. And a lot of teenagers are digital natives. They've grown up with this stuff so they can navigate this stuff. I've got to say, I even Snapchat, I watch my kids kind of moving around Snapchat and TikTok and I'm like, I don't, how do you know even where to go? Like, how do you know what to click on? Like, I mean, it's obvious how to like something or whatever, but I would not know my way around. I feel like that has been done a little bit deliberately. Absolutely. That's why Snapchat caught on. Snapchat was yeah. cool because you could only know how to use the platform if another kid showed you and parents who would jump on the Snapchat would not know how to use it. And it created this barrier. So yeah. TikTok definitely has a small element of that. Yeah. So, so teenagers are using it. Are there anybody, are there any other kind of segments using it or is it predominantly teenagers? Who, who's using it? Honestly, at this point, everyone's using it. Um, really? TikTok is available in over 150 countries. It's got over a billion users now. It's been downloaded over 175 million times in the US alone. Um, so if your brand's target is anywhere between the audiences of like, you know, ages of 13 and 40, I would even say higher up. Wow. We're headed 50 now. Um, you, ha you should be on TikTok. Um, I actually went and got the, the most recent numbers because it's constantly changing. A while back, we were looking at all Gen Z, right? That was the heaviest usage base. But to call it a, a platform just for younger people is completely writing off the platform and, and, and not giving it the credit right? it deserves. Okay. So 32.5% of um, US-based TikTok users, it's 10 to 19, okay? 29.5% is 20 to 29. Then you've got 16.4%, 30 to 39. And 40 to 49, we've got 13.9%. Okay. 50 plus is 7.1. So you're looking at above 30, you're looking at about almost 37%, 40% of the entire usage is going to be over the age of 30. And once again, going back to that idea of the algorithm feeding you exactly what you're interested in, if you're older, you're going to find older people. Um, yes. And they call that actually, they have a thing on TikTok where they'll be like, welcome to older person TikTok. You finally <laughs> entered. And that means you're going to like start seeing and they start getting really niche about things like that. Like, welcome to fairy woodland hip, hippie nymph TikTok. You're like, That's I got real cool. niche for a while. <laughs> um, wow. But it's actually a joke on TikTok about how you can enter these different parts of the app. 
Wow. Gosh, do you know what? I've never really felt that compelled to enter TikTok, but I feel like I want to be accepted into the fairy nymph area of, of TikTok. It's worth me trying it out just to get into that little tribe, I think. So where do you think the opportunities lie for small businesses looking to reach that kind of, well, millennial market, given that that's probably the majority, but now from what you've said, possibly other markets as well. But for small businesses, where do you think the opportunity lies? I mean, I think it's more important for small businesses than large businesses to be on TikTok right now. And the reason is organic reach. And, you know, I've been in the social media game now for 10 plus years uh, since, you know, I got Facebook when my first year of college. I was very excited because my college was one of the universities that you had to have that email account to be able to sign up for Facebook. So I've been on for a while and I remember thinking, okay, Facebook's getting harder to grow a Facebook page organically, right? And then a couple years ago, I remember telling my, my interns, hey, this is the end of the golden age of Instagram, right? It's going to get harder and harder. They're going to start cutting off reach. And that's what we saw. Mm. But on TikTok, every single time you post, your video will go to somebody's for you page. It will 100% be seen by other people. Um, And it's going to, how that person responds to your TikTok and, you know, if they watch it, if they like it, if they comment, they share, they download, that's going to be how they decide if it's going to go out to other people. So you have a better opportunity for organic reach than on any other platform. Anybody has a chance to go viral. So when we talk about this for small businesses, you know, if I go on Instagram, I know that it's going to take me six months of work on Instagram before I ever have a chance of really reaching audiences, right? I hear some people say, oh, you know, I want to go 10,000 followers on Instagram organically in three months. That's not going to happen anymore. You got to have a budget if you want to do that. Yeah. Um, But because all of these videos are hitting the for you page, you have so much opportunity. And the other reason that I think it's really important for small businesses to be on TikTok is that thing we talked about, about the algorithm feeding people exactly what they want. You have a great way to find your niche and niche down. So even you know, less sexy businesses like financial planning, right? Um, I actually was speaking to the Financial Times about this. If somebody expresses any interest in financial planning, they maybe catch one video and then it goes there, it's going to start sending it to other videos that are about financial planning because that one person has already expressed interest. So it's really much easier to be seen by people who are already interested in what you have to say. Right. Wow. And that's happening organically. Because I guess with with Facebook and and Instagram, and and, and I would imagine with the other channels as well, to make sure that your content gets in front of people who are actually interested in it. And when I say interested in it, that you know that they're interested in it because they've behaved in a way on a platform that demonstrates and proves that they're interested in it. But to have that happen on Facebook and Instagram, you need to pay for the advertising and then you select your audiences and do it that way. Your organic content is not guaranteed to do that on Facebook Mm -hmm. and Instagram. So the fact that TikTok have designed their algorithm for that to happen definitely works in brands' favours. Yeah, I mean, it it does take a while for you to train the algorithm to say, this is who I am. Yeah, This is the type of people who are going to be interested in my stuff, right? So you need to show up consistently um, to be clear on what you're talking about. But once you hit that, that threshold, that's when the algorithm starts coming in and is able to deliver your content to the right people. Excellent. Nice. So speaking of brands and businesses, who are the brands that are are using TikTok really well and how are they using it well? Because again, I struggle to get my head around how I would produce that, that content, which brands are doing a good job there. Absolutely. So um, I've got a few different brands that I love to kind of point out and they're doing different things that I really love. So one of my favorite brands on TikTok has been there for quite a while, and it's actually the Washington Post, the newspaper. Wow. Um, and the reason that I love the Washington Post is because it's kind of hard to be on TikTok and create fun, engaging content about things that are coming, like news that's coming out to start off with. And you're like, where do I start with this? But how they really succeeded is they chose a spokesperson. His name's Dave. <laughs> and he is the face of Washington Post. He jumps on challenges, he jumps on trends, they bring in their own evergreen content, but it does work because they can jump on trends a little bit more natively because it is 
a newspaper about what's happening. Yeah. So that kind of works really well for them. Um, another company that's doing really incredible stuff is Fenty Beauty, and that's Rihanna's makeup company. Um, Fenty Beauty is really incredible at building a community. They've been able to show off, um, you know, they're great about bringing in multicultural, um, you know, lots of multicultural cultures. They're bringing in different body shapes and they really highlight nice. that on their TikTok and really um, they know who their avatar is. They know who their ideal client is. So anything you post, you it's just getting eaten up by that audience. Um, the NBA is doing incredible work as well. And they just show up. Yeah. <laughs> they post a, a four to seven times a day. Um, they are producing huge, huge amounts of content. Um, and they're just, you know, I think they're almost at 12 million now. So those are three wow. different companies that are, are kind of using it differently. Um, they definitely, their accounts don't necessarily look the same, but they are really capitalizing on what TikTok has to offer. Um, as far as personal brands. Now this is yeah. really where I think the most power comes from. And that, right. you know, if you are a consultant, if you're an advisor, we're seeing a lot of doctors on, we're seeing what? a lot of psychologists on TikTok and people who are consulting or sharing their expert knowledge. This is key. This is one of the best places to be if that's what you're going to be doing. And you don't need to do the trends and challenges. You can use evergreen content. Um, you just, and, and it's going to continue to perform. Um, unlike Facebook or Instagram, where your post kind of dies after, you know, a day, two days, three days, um, you might have a TikTok that gets picked up two weeks later. Wow. Okay. So do you have any suggestions of who we should follow, be that people who are building a personal brand or even a brand, or even if it is kind of one of the, the influencers like Charlie D'Amelio or, you know, um, any of those guys, um, to get an idea of the content, because the content from what I have observed, the content is so nuanced. Like, I remember when Musical.ly was a thing and because my kids had that at the time as well. And, it, and it's a little bit, you know, similar to, to what you did there. It's a bit different, but it's, it's a little bit similar in the same vein. But again, that was completely different to, to the other channels. And I think the, the way that I learned how to use social media, because that's not something we studied as part of our, our marketing degree, and the, the way that I learned how to use it was just be in the platforms, like just be in the platforms every day, be, you know, use it see what other people are posting, see what other people are posting that's getting a reaction, see what other people are posting that's not getting a reaction, you know, and that you learn by osmosis. So are there some people that we could go and people or brands that we could go and follow just to kind of immerse ourselves into that experience and understand what kind of content works? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, the thing that's interesting about that, though, is you really need to find your niche because different mm. type of content works in different niches. Right. Um, but TikTok does use a hashtag system. So oh. that's kind of where I started because I work with a lot of, you know, back when I was living in Indonesia, I worked with a lot of scuba diving companies. So there are very, very few scuba diving companies on TikTok at the time. But we started seeing what content that was out there and what could be brought in. Um just like any other platform though, coming up with a type of content, I mean, the first place that you should, should look is always going to be, what are the questions that you're receiving from your customers? Mm. Answer them. Done. Mm. Like that's, mm. that's any platform. This is still a social media. This is social, still social media marketing. Yeah. So bringing in content that is educational, engaging, um, you know, emotional, that's what works on TikTok. Mm. Um, now you brought up a really good point about like, how do I find, you know, what's going on in the culture and you really have to be on TikTok. Just be on you it. You have to spend 15 to 20 minutes a day. Like when you're not wow. comfortable with it, you know, wow. say I'm going to spend 15 to 20 minutes and you'll probably get sucked in. Honestly, like I'll <laughs> be on TikTok being like, I'm doing the research. And then like two hours later, I'm like, I need to do some work. Um, <laughs> my God, what happens? Um, <laughs> But I mean, the average user spends 52 minutes per day on TikTok. And wow. between the ages, I believe, of 4 and 15, it's actually 80 minutes a day, which is wild. So wow. you have to be involved. Um, go ahead, go online, type in like TikTok slang. In, in my actual course, The Pineapple Hustle, we have an entire cheat sheet called TikTok slang and like how to understand what Gen Z is saying. <laughs> um, I love it. 
<laughs> so because we understand that some of our older students are like, I don't have an idea what no cap means or sus or like, what are these eyes and like mouth emoji? And I'm like, don't worry, we got you. We got, we're going to explain this. So you really have to like a, be a part of the platform to just kind of understand what's funny, what works, but then you really have to go into your niche and search by hashtags to actually see what kind of evergreen content is performing. Okay. Excellent advice. 15 to 20 minutes a day. Wow. That's, that's insane. Um, you know, usually I think I'd, I, I recommend to, to clients to spend five minutes a day on, on LinkedIn. And even then they're like, what, five minutes, <laughs> 15 to 20. But I guess TikTok's mildly kind of entertaining too. So you could probably get away with it. Do that instead of watching a TV show. Yeah. So, so what are the mistakes that you see? Because this is, a, you know, this is fairly new. So, and I love the fact that when things are new, people are really innovative. They go out, they're not afraid of breaking things. Um, and, and then there's people who kind of approach it a little bit more tentatively. What are the mistakes that you're seeing that businesses are making with their TikTok marketing? What can we avoid doing? For sure. Um, I would say that the key to TikTok, the, the, the real thing that's going to unlock it all is consistency. Yeah. Um, and we see that on other platforms. We see that on Facebook. We see that on Instagram. If you're not posting consistently where the algorithm can depend on you, Right it's going to ding you for it. And TikTok is one of the biggest proponents of making sure you show up. So um, I, any client I've had who started working on TikTok, the second they started being consistent, like every single day posting something, even if it's every other day, but being there, that was when we really started seeing the changes. Wow. So I would say that when you're ready to start TikTok, Take a big breath and say, I'm not going to just post one video. When I'm ready to start tick my TikTok strategy, I need to show up and I need to start going. You know, batch all your work, but make sure it's going out regularly. Okay. Another thing that I'm seeing businesses make a mistake with is j only jumping on trends. The trends, the challenges are really fun, but they're going to be better for personal brands for the most part. And even if you are a brand who wants to jump on some of the trends, the majority of your content needs to be evergreen and niche down and provide value to your ideal client. So if you're only doing trends, you might grow a following, but you're not going to find people who want to buy from you. And that's the most important thing. So yeah. really make sure that you're providing solid, valuable, evergreen content. Um, yeah. And then I like to have brands have a main spokesperson. I think it's important, you know, when I'm scrolling through my feed, I like seeing a face that I've seen before and I know that it belongs to them. Now I did mention like Fenty Beauty um, and how they're bringing a community of different people. So it's not a hard and fast rule, but at the same time, it is very, very helpful to have like, you know, if you are a small business owner or maybe you have a marketing manager for a small business, um, you know, even if you can just write outlines for your CEO or your owner or, or one of the people who's a face of your company, if you can write outlines for things that they need to do and then do all the work on top of the video, that would be really ideal. Right. Okay. Yeah. Great, great tips. Great points. Just let me deep dive into some of the content stuff. So you mentioned trends and challenges. Can you explain what they are and how they fit into to the content for TikTok? Absolutely. There's about three different styles of content, I would say, on TikTok. One is going to be a challenge and trend. And those are going to be like trending music. Um, there's a lot of different things that come on. You'll Sometimes I hear songs. I'm like, oh, that's a, nor that's a TikTok song. My brother, who's really into music, is like, that's a normal song, Anna. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a TikTok song. Um, but you'll start seeing those. Those are going to be like the dances, right? So I get a lot of people who are like, do I have to dance if I go on TikTok? Or even like the ones where it's like my name, my sign, and they like point and, and um, explain those elements. That's like a trend or a challenge where essentially yeah. it's a formatted meme that you kind of just jump into or you have a new spin onto. Okay. Now there's also another kind of content called evergreen content. And if you already are following, if you're following this podcast, I'm sure you know what that is. Um, evergreen content is that content that will perform today, tomorrow, next month, next year. Okay. Never, it's not time sensitive. Um, and that's going to be your value content for the most part. And then you also have another section of TikTok, which is called cringe. And cringe is going to be like those overly, um, 
it was overly endearing in terms of like just being really honest and it like makes you kind of want to cringe on the other side where you're like, why is this person doing this? Oh my gosh. But TikTok's community is actually extremely supportive. So this type of content actually does well on, on TikTok. Whereas if you put this type of stuff on YouTube, you'd have like a terrifying comment section. Um, you don't, I'm not saying that the TikTok community is perfect, but I'm saying that it's a highly, because it's so niche down, if I'm posting something about being a woodland fairy nymph hippie, right? Other people are going to find that might be a woodland fairy nymph hippie. So they're going to be more kind to me in me being like honest about how I'm feeling. So those three types of content are kind of what I think are the pillars of TikTok content. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And actually the, the, the content that I've seen my kids engage with absolutely falls into those categories. Like I've seen them rolling around the floor in tears at some of those cringe posts like I can think of some of the cream I'm not going to mention them online because they're gross um but they but they they were hilarious and you know millions and millions of likes and all that sort of stuff on on the platform and and the trends post like my kids I can always find I can always hear them saying put a finger down if you which seems to be a trend and 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 you go through and obviously and there's a whole kind of page of all these people who've moved Um, created these put a finger down if you've never kissed a boy put a finger down if you've stolen your mum's gin and tonic or you know and it's this whole thing and I'm constantly hearing which I must just be one of those trends that you can replicate this is great I'm I'm, my whole life is falling into place now (laughs) because I can understand some of these things that are that are happening okay great so you don't have to dance if you're putting stuff on TikTok but you do have to create videos exactly okay Cool. With the, uh, I think too, what I really like about TikTok or what I've seen, and it goes back to your comment about the supportive communities. I think because it's just full, I mean, I guess there's all your influencers like your Charlie D'Amelio who are awesome dancers as well, but there's so many people who are amateur kind of dancers, entertainers, creators that are on there that it's it's unlike the perfectly curated culture of Instagram where everyone, you know, has to have the perfect Instagrammable butt to have their bikini shot or their lips or whatever. This seems to be a lot more raw and organic and you turn up and you can laugh at yourself and people laugh at you, you know, with you kind of thing as opposed to being a judgy judgy. So would you say that's true? A hundred percent. Actually, that's one of the things that I love most about TikTok when I tell, I usually go through like a three point thing of why I'm obsessed. And one of these things is you know, we started to see it on Instagram. We started to see this blowback to this perfect image, right? Mm. We started to see that Gen Z was putting out raw, unfiltered images, that it was be about being kind of messy. It was, it was definitely an antithesis to this perfect curated life that we saw on Instagram. And along with that, especially with like the social dilemma coming out um, mm. on, on Netflix, um, mm. we're really starting to see some of like the horrors of social media. We're yeah. starting to see like how a lot of people are judging themselves uh, to these, in, these lives that aren't even real. So I do feel that TikTok has kind of embraced that and, and partially because it's been owned by Generation Z who is seeing the millennials, you know, mental health problems while looking at Instagram photos. Um, it really is about not taking yourself too seriously. You don't have to be perfect. Um, definitely there's a, a section in there that has that. Don't get me wrong. I, you definitely have your influencers around there who are doing that. But you're also having, again, those really niche down communities that are extremely supportive. Yeah, yeah. So again, just kind of trying to work out the, the type of content. And I think you're right. We have to actually just get in and immerse ourselves into the platform to see it. But in a nutshell, when you say videos, because videos on YouTube are different to videos on IGTV, are different to videos on, on Facebook. Videos on, on TikTok, I imagine, are quite different. Like there's an entertainment kind of aspect to it. Can you describe the kind of content or the kind of videos that, re- that, that resonate as a whole? In on, on, and I know that content's going to be different from financial planners to, you know, makeup, um, but is there kind of a bit of a formula to, to creating that content for TikTok? There are some, def- there are definitely some tips and tricks. Um, you know, some people do, like, if you're teaching a cool, 
a lot of people are doing like how to's of cool, um, like transitions that you can make the video look really good. Some people show on their phone, like they'll show you like a screen grab of them doing something. That's something that does well on TikTok. If that's educational, there's a lot of content on TikTok that's not really entertainment, but it's like pure education or okay. pure emotion even. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say that it's like somebody trying, you know, gesturing in any way. Um, but that's a, a good portion of it. That being said, one of the most important things to think about when you are creating your TikTok video is, is it native to the platform? Um, content that looks overly produced doesn't generally do as well. It's not yes. Instagram, kind of like what you just mentioned. It's got to use, you know, people like the filters that people use. You want to use the sounds that come there. Um, you know, lip syncs are really, really popular. Um, so make sure that it looks like it fits within the ecosystem and it's yes. not overly produced. And also at the same time, it's not an Instagram story. I used to get this with my interns, like that's not an appropriate TikTok. You can't yes. just go ahead and, and take a picture of a beach or show a video of the, the waves lapping. That yes. does not work. It needs to be pre-planned. And yes. that's really kind of what I think about with TikTok videos is it's that video production idea. So no longer is it okay, just take a video of what's around you. You need to think about what you want to do, what music is going to work with it. You know, all of these different elements, are you going to add text on top? And that's really, really important for a TikTok video. Yeah. Another thing that's really important is we talked about that rewatch rate and that completion, the video completion rate and how important that is to how many people are your video is going to reach. So it's important to keep your videos short and sweet. You don't need to make them super long. If you have like one idea that you're trying to put forward, don't add on top of it. Just put that out. Make it a 10, 12 second video. That's fine because you're going to have more people actually completing the video. And if you do have a longer video or, you know, even if it's just 30 seconds, um, make sure that you really start with a hook because if you take a while to get into the video, people are just going to get bored and they've got very, very short attention spans. So if you're saying like, I'm going to tell a story, maybe this story takes a while, but you need to go ahead and put like text on the top that kind of grabs people and makes them want to wait until the end to find out what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. So it is, it's, it's, um, like I think that the examples you use there, which is the, which are kind of the lazy videos, which are perfect for stories because they're just little grabs. They're what's happening now. It's spontaneity. But I guess the difference between those kind of videos and TikTok is those those TikTok videos almost sound like they have to be little screenplays, thirty or forty second screenplays with the intro and the body and the characters and the you know the call to action almost at the end. But making sure that they actually take people on a journey to make sure that they stay engaged with the the forty second of content yeah or or, i mean that's going to be more especially for evergreen content yes Yes. um for challenges and trends people know what to expect a little bit more so that's what's going to keep them on that video already Um, but yeah for the most part 100 percent, your content needs to be premeditated and that's really what it comes down to you know these 10 15 second clips take people I did a dance video once um, on my personal one and once that's all I could bring myself to do. Um, And it took me like two and a half hours to plan this freaking 45 second video. Um, So a lot of, there's a lot of effort that goes into these small clips. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's good. That's really good to know. Advertising opportunities on TikTok. Are these effective? Are they attainable for small business? Yes, actually, right now they're giving big credits on TikTok advertising. They have a business suite, a business center. And if you actually log in, if you're familiar with the Facebook ads platform, it's going to look very similar. Um, In the same way, when you start an ad, it's going to go ahead and say, do you want awareness? Do you want consideration? Do you want conversion? You're like, I've seen this before. Um, (laughs) Actually, it's really, really easy. Yeah. I have not spent that much time advertising on TikTok, but what I'm hearing from um, my colleagues who are really starting to go, and actually what we had heard about a year and a half ago before TikTok advertising came to TikTok when it was just on Douyin, Mm -hmm. um, 
smaller e-com is what's really doing well. So if you have a, a, an e-com product that is under $50, that's going to be one of the things that's most effective for your ad um, and, wow. and that you're seeing the highest number of conversions on. Um, the other thing that's really important to understand when you are creating advertisements creatives for your advertisements on TikTok is to make sure that you're making a TikTok and that you're not making an ad. Um, and that's yes. where a lot of people uh, get a little confused because they're like, oh, I want to sell my product, but people don't want to be sold to, especially on TikTok. So yeah. if you are creating an ad, make sure that it looks like a TikTok. Yeah, great point. Okay, excellent. That's great to that, that's great to hear that the ad platform is is fairly straightforward or reminiscent of others as well. I actually hopped on the LinkedIn advertising platform again, having not seen it for a very long time, and was amazed at how similar that was now to the Facebook platform as as well. It just makes life so much easier. Um, okay, so what are your biggest tips for using TikTok as as a brand or as a business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say first off is get to know the platform. You cannot skip that step. That's so important. Um, post consistently is number yeah. two. You know, once you're ready to roll, make sure that you are following it. up. Yeah. Keep your short your videos short and sweet so that you are getting that rewatch. <laughs> make sure that you have a proper strategy. Um, figure out what your niche is and don't stray right? Yeah. In the same way on Instagram or on Facebook, you know, if I have a, a restaurant, I'm not going to be talking about traveling most likely. It's the same for TikTok, niche down, figure out who your niche is. And like any other social media platform, um, I know I said that TikTok is less interactive than Instagram and Facebook, but it's still a social media. Yeah. So, you know, I generally like to laugh because I, we're talking, everyone's talking about marketing, um, especially in the social media space. People are like, you know, change your hashtags. They're going to change your life. Or like, if you do this, this, and this, you're going to win. Like really the only way to grow on these is to engage and to be yeah. social on social yeah. media. And I think yeah. that our industry forgets that that's the key to all of this. <laughs> um, but it's no different for TikTok. So, um, and the last one be don't take yourself too seriously. This is a great place to like put your personality out there to have some fun. And that's what people are looking for. Awesome. Gosh, I'm like honestly going to go and set up my TikTok account um, as soon as we get off this call. <laughs> analytics. So all the social media platforms have analytics that you can analyze as a business. If you've got a business account, um, and so you can see how people are interacting with your, you know, content who follow, you know, a rough kind of demographic guide as to who follows you when they're online or that sort of stuff. Do TikTok have that for like businesses? Do you have to have a business profile to get those analytics? Do they have them as a kind of personal profile? How does the analytics work? Yeah, you need to have a pro account and you right. need to have over, I believe, 100 followers to be okay. able to have access to those analytics. Um, just like analytics on Instagram, there are some really important things in there, um, especially like when, you're, when your followers are online, where they're from, your demographics. Of course, that's really helpful for any marketer. Um, for me, the most important analytic is going to be that average watch time. And that's mm. the average amount of time people spent watching your video. Um, it shows, it gives you an indication of whether you're maintaining attention. And that's really what I'm looking for. Um, you can see, of course, which posted best. You can see um, the total watch time. But for me, everything's about uh, that average completion rate, that rewatch. So it goes rewatches, average completion rate, then it goes shares in terms of waiting, then yeah. it goes comments, and then it goes likes. So likes are the least important of all wow. of these. Um, wow. And shares can be downloads as well. Um, so for me, if you're looking at your analytics, those knowing that waiting system, that's what I'm looking at. Interesting. Okay. That's really, really good. Okay, the security issues. Whenever I bring up TikTok in my groups, in my communities, the security issue comes up immediately. India have banned it. I'm assuming that ban still remains. There's been a lot of contention between, you know, the US and, and China and data. And, and I, 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 my feeling is that's probably more political than it is, you know, genuine, genuine um, fears, re security. Do we need to worry about the data security issues? Because I've read a lot of articles that just say you've got the same amount of data security issues as you do with any of the other social channels. What's your take on that? 
Uh, this is a pretty political question, to be honest. Mm. Um, India is partially banned TikTok because there are po great political tensions, let's put it that way, wow. um, between the two. That's why that's happening. Mm. Um, as far as data goes, I have actually heard people say, you know, they are taking a huge amount that Facebook and Instagram are not. But I will say that a lot of this is hearsay because I've, I've watched some, but I don't understand the... I don't understand programming enough, I think, yeah. as part of it to yeah. really understand the difference. Um, however, I have really dived in as deep as I can on this. And really what I think the biggest concern about TikTok is, is not a matter of data security, but more of the ability to push certain propaganda forward on the platform. Okay. So in the same way that on Facebook, and I'm going to bring up the U.S. elections because it's very you know, it's very relevant. Yeah. Um, in the same way that they were saying that foreign people were pu pushing like specific posts and putting a lot of advertising money behind lies and specific posts. That's the fear I think we see with TikTok, which is right. will the Chinese government not allow certain things to be said? And will they push other types of content that maybe helps, um, Influence. Their narrative, right? Mm. So for me, when I really think about is TikTok a concern, I don't see it as more of a concern per se than Facebook, than Instagram. However, the problem is it is run by a, a not a, you know, a democratic country yeah. that is having some issues with the tensions. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I think that yeah. we definitely have to be careful 100%. And I... I mean, this kind of takes me where I think is, I think we're so far behind when it comes to technology and when it comes to uh, the policies that we have around it. I think across the world, we're living in the wild, wild west mm. around um, a huge number of, of tech companies. Um, I yeah. know the US just found uh, Amazon and Apple and Facebook and Google as being monopolies. And I think, yeah, yeah obviously. Um, yeah. So I think it's the same problem as yeah. far as like controlling the information that's coming out to us. But I don't yeah. really see there being an issue for the most part as far as data. Interesting. Um, but I am also not a data security expert. Um, yes, and, and that's it. It's hard for the layman to know because that's right. There is so much There is so much that we wouldn't know in terms of the technical programming, as you say, that goes behind this and how they're using our data. There's so much invisibility. And, if, you know, Facebook have become really good at kind of being as transparent and LinkedIn are quite good at this as well about being transparent. If you want to find the information, it's there, but it's written in legal speak and in fine print and it's, you know, hard to kind of navigate through. It's really not easy to find. So no one, you know, with any life is actually going to spend the time trying to get their heads across all of that kind of gobbledygook. And I'm sure that's very deliberate as well. So, yeah, that's great. And that's a great, great take on that and some good advice. I think that's, that's really pertinent. Um, so I really struggled. So as I said, like I really struggled to find someone who kind of really you know, doubled down and, and had a really good knowledge of this. You have delivered in spades, Anna. My goodness, your knowledge of the platform is incredible. So thank you. Um, talk, do you have any resources yourself or do you know if there's any resources, like if small business owners kind of really want to get their head around this space, if they're excited about, you know, what they've heard in this, this conversation, are there any resources that you offer or that, or that you know of that they can kind of go and read up on or do a course in or, or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So the pineapple hustle, we actually spend, uh, three to four days. So I think it's about 10 yeah. hours. Um, on TikTok and we'll take you from beginning to end. Um, nice. I mean, really like let's log on for the first time and let's see what's going. Let's walk around <laughs> um, all the way to creating um, TikToks and, and more of a strategy around it. Um, so that's already included in the Pineapple Hustle course. Um, I do talk about TikTok tips on my socials. Um, as far as people who I really love in this space though, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and there's a girl named Ginny Fears. And um, I don't, I don't think she's that big actually in the space, but she has done an incredible job on TikTok. Um, so G-I-N-N-Y-F-E-A-R-S, Ginny Fears. Um, and I would definitely say that 
she's not necessarily teaching TikTok, but I think if you follow her, you'll get a lot out of her to see what's working for her and like just kind of a different way it could be done. Um, so that's kind of one of my favorite people. Um, and then if you just kind of, if you're interested in learning more about TikTok, you'll end up in that niche and yeah. then you'll find some really interesting people. <laughs> so tell me about the pineapple hustle. Is this an online program? Can, cause obviously you're based in the States. Is it, is it, is it something that anyone in the world can tap into um, and, and do kind of at their own leisure or is, are there certain dates? Tell, tell us about that. Yeah, it's an online course. I do teach it live once a year, um, but we've we've done it already for this year. Um, otherwise, it completely lives online, um, so it can be accessible by anybody at any time. Um, I kind of cover everything from branding to marketing theory to social media marketing to email marketing to SEO to how to start your own SMM business. Um, it really is extremely comprehensive. It's going to take you from zero to hero. Um, <clears throat> that's that goes on at any time. And, and, you know, I've got office hours cause I really miss, I used to teach this course live and I really miss that. Yes. <laughs> so I run office hours every week and just get to network with everybody who's taking the course. And, um, yeah. Awesome. So is the course just on TikTok or is it across all the social channels? Nope. The course is across every single social channel. Right. We spend a week okay. on Facebook. We spend a, about three or four days on Instagram. So that's like, right. It's 90 plus hours, the entire course. Wow. That sounds amazing. And so, Anna, if people are looking to, to track this down or to even to, to get in contact with you, where can they find the Pineapple Hustle? Hustle? Where can they get in contact with you? Yeah, absolutely. Find our um, website is thepineapplehustle.com. Um, we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're about to launch on TikTok because it's a new venture. So we're super excited for that. So catch us on TikTok soon. Um, yeah. And that's find us in any of those places. Fantastic. Excellent. And I just feel like I have learned so much and so much of my teenage kids' habits have just now fallen into place. So I really, really appreciate and thank you for sharing all of that information so generously, not just with me, but my listeners. It's been fantastic. Good. I've had a great time and I'm excited to get more people on the TikTok train. <laughs> yes. Yes. Excellent. Thanks, Anna. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Well, there wraps up some more fantastic tips from another awesome marketer. Love it. Hey, if you are really enjoying these episodes and feel like they are helping you become a better marketer, head into your podcast app and hit the subscribe button. That way you will not miss an episode and the marketing goodness will just keep flowing in week on week. You can also subscribe to our weekly small business marketing tips at dragonflymarketing.com.au. And hey, if you're on Facebook and love yourself a group and a community, head on into Facebook, search for the How To Do Marketing group and uh, request access to join. We'd love to see you there. So until next time, happy marketing. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 